What is up? And welcome to Sims and Lefko episode 119. How you feeling, sir? Yeah, what up, kids? What up out there? 119, Johnny U, baby. We'll get to those in a second. Let me just give you a preview of the show. We got Bart Scott coming up in about 15, 20. I am so excited. The man always tells the truth. He does. Uh, I went and I actually made a few segments for today. Right. One is called, whoa, big off season. Another one is, uh-oh, Sims Alefko's thinking. And another one's called Sims's Raw Reactions. Okay. Really excited to get to him. But also, we have your son, Philip Sims, in the building who looks like a full-grown adult, and it's freaking me out at this point. It's a little scary. Yep. Little Phil's in the building today. He had the uh, first day off. last. Yesterday was really? last day of school. He wanted to come in. He saw our basketball court on uh, Instagram a few weeks ago, yeah. the picture with Michael Jordan and all that. So that's all he could talk about. Dylan, this is your first day in the new office. First day in the new office. And what do you think? I mean, it's amazing. It really is. It's awesome. It's, it's insane. Very refreshing, actually. Really? Yeah. I mean, I just I think it's got a great energy. It's open. Oh, it's uh, huge. We have desks. Makes coming to work. Yeah, we got desks. We're big time now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Philip, stand up. I have some questions for you. All right, you got to answer these questions. All right, first question. You just finished school. What are you most excited to do this summer? Uh, I think I'm going to go to my Papa's house. Yeah, oh, nice. What is what is Papa's name? Phil Sims. Oh, I've heard of him. <laughs> uh, are you being recruited to play quarterback anywhere yet? You are how old? Six. Are you being recruited anywhere to play quarterback? Yes. No, tell him you don't know. Say so you're not <laughs> sure you want to be a quarterback or a basketball player yet. Ooh. Uh, I think I'm going to be a quarterback. Yeah, oh. You think so? Okay. Okay. Uh, who is better, the New York Giants or the Philadelphia Eagles? New York Giants. Yeah, yeah it's not even close. Yeah, boo, Philadelphia, Eagles. <laughs> Say, up yours, Philadelphia. No, up your ass. <gasps> okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, what is the... F- <laughs> What and last one? What is your favorite word that your dad lets you say that your mom doesn't like you say? Yeah, I let him have it. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the Sims family. Say, say, go, go on your way out. Go. Episode one hundred nineteen. Fuck you. Say that. Episode one hundred nineteen. <laughs> oh, okay. Episode one hundred nineteen. Uh, episode one hundred nineteen. Fuck you. Oh, that was great. All right. Parent, right. hashtag <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait until I have a little person that follows me and I just tell them what to say. Philip, you're the man. I love you. We'll see you in a minute. Go out there. All right. See you, Philip. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> He's yelling at the door. Paul, you got to pull. pull. It. You there pull you it. go. Yeah, Sit in that chair right there. Awesome. Oh, baby. I already told you. I've told you, like, so, I mean. Swearing is definitely a Sims thing, oh, right? Oh, you, th- you think? Yeah, all right. So my dad, yeah, who's that- hilarious now, he'll be like, oh, no swearing. And then like three seconds later, he'll be like, fuck me. I mean, gosh damn. <laughs> you know, right in front of my grand- my kids. All right, so have you gotten – I know he's going into first grade. Have you gotten the note from the kindergarten teacher? This, hey. He's great. He's a, lo- he's a Sims. So he has the ability to swear, the mic goes on, and he can cut it off. Really, and I it, our little thing is is if he's I at like home. I like that you think that's a Sims special well, ability. It, it is a special ability because you know how much I swear. I do, uh, but yeah, he does that. He learned his lesson. Boston Playgrounds. Oh yeah, you've told I've told this. you this right yeah, three years ago. Pushed by a fat he went kid. to an older kid and he just went to him and he looked at him and he went, "Fuck." And the kid pushed him on the ground. I said, see, that's what happens when you say that to big boys. You better watch it. And he's learned ever since. All right, so nineteen, you went Johnny U. Johnny U from from. 
Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. Well, he went to Louisville. Yeah. Uh, other ones that came to mind in NFL alumni. Is Lan- he from Kentucky, though, or is he I from Pennsylvania? I don't, I don't know. if he, I would guess Pennsylvania because I, I right. feel like every quarterback before the year 1990 was from Pennsylvania. <laughs> right. Uh, other NFL alum, Lance Allworth, uh, a.k.a. Bambi, yep. Bernie Kosar, uh, Miles Austin, uh, my favorite Madden wide receiver, Devery Henderson, from Tennessee because he had 97 speed, and Jeez. I would draft him in fantasy drafts. Other sports, NHL, Steve Eiserman. Okay, the Joe old Detroit Sackick, Red Wings, yeah. Uh, Colorado, Colorado Avalanche. Avalanche, right. Uh, Major League Baseball, Tony Gwynn. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, Bullet Bob Feller. Right. NBA, Willis Reed. And then current NBA NFL players, Tajay Sharp, Malcolm Mitchell, Corey Coleman, Ted Gidd Jr., Adam Thielen, and your favorite draft pick, Roberto Aguayo. Damn, wait, Corey Coleman's 19? 19. I don't know why I thought he was 16. I guess I had that mixed up in my head. Johnny Yu is from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so you're right about that. It is amazing. Dan Marino. Joe Montana. Jim Kelly. Like uh, Joe Namath is from Western Pennsylvania. And then I feel like every big coach also was from that era. Well, it it makes a lot of sense. I mean, when you look at the history of it, and it started in like steel mills and factories. You got a lot of big foreigners going over there to do manual labor. It was all uh, Midwestern, and then also realized that when they would come, they would they would it was the only place that you could play football and you're getting paid like five thousand dollars. So then, you know, you start families and thus, yeah, football starts there. Isn't it kind of amazing though, sometimes like a guy like nineteen, right? Johnny Unitas. He's like a I mean, truly a legend of the sport. Maybe yeah. the, like my dad would say he's probably the greatest quarterback he saw as a it's young kid. It's the hardest one to debate in the quarterback, where does Johnny Unitas go? Because he changed the game so much. Right. He sounds like he's a Peyton Manning. I mean, the, yeah, I've only seen the highlights, but it sounds like he did the same kind of thing. But the thing that I think is funny is like no kids wanted to wear 19 growing up. Like mm. that's why I always find it funny. Like why did everybody jump on the 12 bandwagon, right? Like everybody's got 12. Right. Why is there not Do 19, you think there's 18s? Any... Okay, so if he was the king, if he was the boss, right. kind of like Jordan, you don't really want to wear 23. Yeah, that's a good point. Because you're never going to be better than Jordan. That's a that's a valid point. Okay. You know? Yeah, you're right. I hear you. But no, I, I'm. But the he 12 also, thing would hand troll, like kind of hold Randall true too. Cunningham. Well, 12. I mean, you go, you started off Roger Staubach, right? Um, Roger Staubach, Terry Bradshaw. That's six Super Bowls just in the 70s between right. the number 12. And then Bob Greasy was 12 too. Wow. He won another two. So that's that's eight Super Bowls in the wow. 70s, all with the number 12. Kenny Stabler wore 12. Man. Right? So there's nine Super Bowls in the 70s that just have 12 as the I winning wonder, quarterback. I wonder if we, we probably have people at this freaking company that like study like type and font. I, if there's anything about the symmetry of 12 that like attracts the eye or yeah, something. Yeah, there is something about it. It does look good on a jersey. It I know does. That. It does. It looks Did great. Did you have more names as you were going along there too? No, as far as 19s? No, oh, 12s. No, 12s? Oh, I mean, I could keep going. The 12s, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're unreal as far as you just go through that. You get into the 80s, it took a little bit of a break, right? There was no big-time 12s in the 80s. You had a 13 uh, in Marino. You had your 13s and your 16s in Plunkett 16 in Montana, and Montana, right? Uh, big Phil wore 11. Doug Williams was 17. Uh, hmm. Boomer was 7 in that Super Why'd Bowl. Why'd your dad wear 11? Jim Kelly wore 12. Jim Kelly wore 12. He... If I have it right, he was 12 in college, and I think he came to the NFL, and I think somebody on the Giants had 12, and he went with 11. Right. Uh, All right, so before uh, we're going to call, I think, um, 
what's his name, Bart Scott, in like five, ten minutes. Let me get to a few quick things. Uh, Sims topics. This is when Sims texts me throughout the week, literally one word, and then I have to guess what he wants to talk about. First one he wrote, tanking, uh, which I think you meant people were talking about the Jets and Browns tanking in the NFL. Did yes. I guess it right? Yes, you're right. And and so I guess the question to you is, is it possible to tank in the NFL? Uh, not really. No. I don't think it's possible. No, I think it's such a, it's become this media topic for the last like 10 days and I just think it's so stupid first of all um just the NFL the way it's set up you're you're not able to tank how do you tank I don't understand maybe okay you play some of your younger players if you right. want to see them develop okay but everybody nobody's on a guaranteed contract so players are going to play their best because when it comes off season yeah. and the the GM for the other team goes oh I want to see him play against the New England Patriots well you might be playing for nothing in week 15 yeah. and he's evaluating that film so if you don't play good on that film you're not getting paid like people are saying like lose for Sam Darnold and like, all that's that ridiculous stuff. there's no coaches that are ever thinking that are they thinking yeah. maybe cuz they're going to get fired they're going to get fired right like and here's Todd GM's Bowles you think fired. Todd Bowles they're setting him up to tank well is the Owner tanking and just not telling. Anybody I think that's else. exactly what it is. The owner yeah. and the GM are basically. And I, I don't think tanking is possible, and especially in the one league that we've seen worst to first happen more than any other league. Yes, there is such a small difference between best and worst. And so many times, I think we we all lose sight of this, and you know this too. Like, oh yeah, they're tanking because they know Sam Darnold is going to be the first pick, right? <laughs> oh right. How many times have we been told somebody's going to be the first pick, and then we get to the actual draft evaluation, right? Yeah, and the people who really know what they're talking about, go, are you guys fucking kidding me? You thought this guy was the first pick? Yeah. I mean, who was it last year? Somebody last year. I mean, it's all every year there's guys like that. So to me, it's not even the people Hackenberg that— Hackenberg was one of those guys. Yeah, you're right. Sure. People, Geno Smith the was people one of those People that guys. really know and are going to study to start to put the draft in order, they don't even know who's going to be the top yeah. five picks next year yet. So they're not worried about tanking. Another thing you texted me was Osweiler— Shot at Texans, right. and I found it, I guess, via Ohio.com. Uh, he talked about how the best part about being in Cleveland, Brock Osweiler, is how he's being coached hard on his fundamentals and how important they are. And then he said this, quote, I think that something slid last season. I'm not going to go into great detail on that, but they did. My fundamentals slid, and because of that, you saw some poor decisions and some poor throws. If you go back to 2015 when I was with the Broncos, I feel like my fundamentals were pretty tight. Right. So he said, I don't want to talk about that, kind of being like, it, it sounds like he's blaming the Texans for his footwork. No doubt about it. That's exactly what he is. Which is, listen, is, is that a real thing? It, it isn't a real thing. It's actually interesting. That's why I wanted to bring it up. It's more than just like bullcrap. Uh, first of all, it is a shot at the Texans, which is a low blow. Okay, uh, which I, I don't appreciate. He's taking an under underhand shot at Bill O'Brien and George Gotti was the offense coordinator. But this is the one thing that I don't think people realize, and I think I've told you this before. New England. This is the New England offense with the Houston Texans. Right, they don't do drops. Right, so like John, we've Gruden, talked about this before. Right. you go to you don't go to a certain level because then people can pass rush to the six steps. They're all about the six and a half yard spot, right? Oh, so or, they don't care at all. They, you could do a karaoke and a backflip, and as long as you're at the six and a half yard spot and you're ready to throw when the receivers open, they don't give a shit what you do. You want to pick your balls in the meantime? Go ahead, pick your Brock, balls in your butt. What was Brock doing for the four years behind Peyton? Don't you so, think that's when the fundamentals? Right, should you be don't taught? need Why are you to, learning right. fundamentals if, in your fifth year. Exactly, like you should know enough at that point to go okay. I like to take this many steps on this throw yeah. because New England, I thought it was cool. When I was with Josh McDaniels in Denver uh, in 2009, I was like, 
man, this is awesome. I don't have to like, because Gruden would be like, no, I want seven steps on this one. Mm. Seven steps because the, the play marries with your feet. The first hitch, if the guy's not open, then your second hitch will take you to the right. second guy. And, you know, okay, that's cool for young quarterbacks, but as you get older, you start to have feel for the plays and you just go, man, I'm ready to throw and he's going to be open. So yeah. we, if I'm not seven step ready, I don't throw it? No. Like, yeah. So Brady, yeah, he is. So is this, is this a Bush League move by Brock saying this? No thing? doubt about it. It's a Bush League move and crappy offenses like the one he was with in Denver, yeah, they talk about footwork a lot because there's not that many plays to talk about. In right. New England, they got 9 million plays. In Houston, they got 9 million plays in formation. It's unbelievable that Brock, it seems like, right. still can't admit that he was bad last year and has to constantly blame other people. Yeah. He did this when he left Denver, and he, he got angry at Denver, right. and he acted like it wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Now he's le- he is just – he doesn't have that DB mentality of forgetting. No, he seems to be – And he likes to put it on other people, it Maybe like. over – or it's like over, self, over self-confident to a degree to where he's not self-evaluating. Yeah. That's I can't I be mad at. at a team that paid me 30-plus million dollars for one really bad no, year. No, no doubt about it. And expect, I know it wasn't good, and there were certainly fights between him and Billy O, but, yeah, that, that's, that's a cheap shot. And you never know if you're going to cross over with these people again, too. That's what you always got to be. I got afraid. one topic before we get to Bart, and then we're going to call him. You texted NFL friends Trump Warriors White House. Yeah, right. Okay, so I had some NFL player friends that I've been in discussion currently with. Currently active. Currently active. and uh, Currently active. It's just, come, it's just come up. Because, because the Warriors have said that they're not going to the White House. Almost immediately, right? I'm oh, a, it was like the next morning I right. woke up and my, my phone had it. So... That came up just in conversation. Download the BR app for stuff like that. I had a friend who's playing in the NFL. Still, he goes, yeah. He goes, he goes. I mean, the NBA coaches are just they're just cooler. He goes, they're just he goes, and he goes, you know what it is? He goes, really, the NFL is a dictatorship, and he goes, the NBA is a democracy, mm. and he goes, these coaches can't get away in the NBA with some of their crazy, you know. I don't pro Trump right wing thoughts because there's only 11 guys on a basketball team and they're going to have to sit there and answer some of these questions because they're going to be stuck in a small plane together. They're stuck on a bus Meanwhile, together. Football team. There's these private little meeting rooms and you're all separated. Bill Belichick's Offense never and defense don't right. see each other. They're never going to get in a conversation about that stuff with Bill Belichick. That'll never happen. Whereas Steve Kerr, you know, he's sitting there and a player comes up to him and goes, "What do you think?" Yes, right. Yeah. And so then the next level of the conversation went well. This is going to be an interesting year in the NFL. And then I was like, well, what do you mean? And then they first went on, like, he first went on a spew to go, like, listen, the black players in the NFL, it's, it's going to be hard for them to overlook what some of the white coaches uh, have been so pro-Trump because a lot of the black players are extremely, more than anything, just disappointed in the fact, and I don't want to get too political here. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to tell a story that I think is interesting for a, sports, from the NFL. for a sports yes. player's mind. Um, but – a lot of black players, I think, have a hard time with the fact that our first black president was trolled by this president mm. for a long, long time and said that he wasn't an American citizen and said, I'll release my tax returns if you release your birth certificate. You just made me think of something. And that eats at players in the you NFL. You said the NFL this, this year is going to be interesting. Right. What did they just change in the NFL? This is where I was going with this. Okay. Because th- celebrations. Because I think there's a, lo- a number of players who I think are literally like, Listen, these coaches who preach to us like discipline and treat people fairly yeah. and accountability, yet they're supporting this guy who's doing the opposite of that. they don't agree with his views. Is those views, right? right. And uh, I think a lot of the players are a little bit more this year like, no, screw screw the coaches. I'm going to do what I want this year. And I mm. think there's a little bit of – You think of, that's around the league? I think it's a little bit of a backlash. How prominent is this player? Uh, it's pretty prominent. 
Yeah. Would I would I get him on my fantasy team? I mean, you might think about it. Yeah. So he's right. an offensive. This was player. it was more than one guy <laughs> here. Kidding. So there's a conversation really? between me and yeah, th- it was three of us. So my um, first thought is, we're going to see a touchdown, right? And then we're going to see a kneel. And then we're going to see a touchdown, and then we're going to see a fist to the sky. Maybe. And we're going to see a touchdown. We're going to start seeing, instead of during the anthem, right. which is what we said was the issue with Colin Kaepernick, right. how could you mess with the sanctity of the flag? Well, now I have five to ten seconds after a touchdown with the camera on me, yeah. and they're keeping the camera on me because right. they want to feature celebrations. So we're going to see, instead of Stevie Johnson lifting up his shirt and revealing, why, why are you mad? It could be lifting up a shirt with a website right. or a message. Right. That would be interesting. It's interesting. Like, last final nail in the coffin with the conversation. Again, just because it's interesting times in our world right now. Again, I'm not trying to be political here, but I think it's just this a prevalent conversation. Yeah, it's a prevalent conversation is... Yeah, I think most, especially African-American players, look at it and go, uh, here we are in the NFL, and all they do is talk about accountability, right? If you mess up, take the blame. Don't place blame on others. And I think they feel that the coaches have been hypocritical with them because here they are. None of these coaches would want a Donald Trump-type player in their organization, right? but yet they want to support them outside of the building. And I think that's it's really a little weird underlying current in the NFL. NFL players are going to be quiet about it to a degree. You know they are because it's going to be tremendous backlash if they go against the grain in this conversation. But yes. uh, I think it's interesting and something to watch out for. Uh, that's also something that we're going to talk a little bit later. I want to talk about the differences between NFL and NBA yeah. when it comes to after their career. So we're going to get to that in a second. Because like Kerr, Popovich, right? they came out right away, anti-Trump. And I, I'm not again, I'm not sitting here like I know Hillary wasn't the greatest thing ever, so don't get me wrong. Uh, one thing that I know I want to talk to Bart about is uh, football outsiders – they went back and they looked at the statistics of the last 30 years to see the best NFL defenses. Right. And the top three. What do you think the top three were in the last 30 years? So this goes back to okay. 87. Okay. Who, guess the top three defenses. All right. So the Ravens, the Ravens of 2000. They were number three. Okay. Okay. The Seahawks of 2013. Not in the top three. Not in, all right. With the Broncos of the 2000. Not in the top three. Okay. Hold on. So you said only 87. So the 85 Bears are not in this. Not, not in this. Um, oof. 87. Hold on. Who am I missing here? We got those Cowboys teams, those Niners. Not the 89 Niners. Nope. No. Uh, none of those Cowboys teams? They are all after 1990, these next two. The next two are all after 1990. Oh, yeah. All right. Hold on. Don't tell me yet. You're saying the Giants, not the Giants. No. No. Those Redskins? I, I mean, I know every Super Bowl. I'm just amazed that I'm trying Number to— Number two? Yeah, go ahead. Was the your team the year before you got there? The oh, 2002 the, to, Tampa, Tampa Bay Bucks. How did I forget that one? And then Hold the, on, give me a clue. Don't tell me yet. Don't, who, so who the other this one? This speaks to me. This speaks to you. Oh, this is your Eagles. Ah, see, I was thinking a Super Bowl team. 1991 The Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles, right. One guy that has been on some unbelievable defenses over the years— the main man, the Don Donna, Bart S. Scott. I don't know if your middle initial is S. <laughs> I just made it. What is your middle name, Bart? Bart, are you there? I'm here. There uh, he is. Uh, the dumbass didn't even have the volume up. That's the problem. <laughs> he's fucking wow. been, Nick has been flipping pizzas all morning, so he's a little confused. He's got uh, flower dust in his eyes. <laughs> we call that ITT tech. <laughs> ITT Tech. <laughs> so, Bart, I made up your middle initials S. What is your middle name? Middle name is Edward. Ooh. B E S. I'm the man with three first names. I like If you that. don't know the E, then you call me B S. You think I'm full of it? 
love that. Put the e, if you put the E in there and speak a little Ebonics, we don't pronounce the whole word anyway. Drop the T, best. It's how we say best. That's anyway. awesome. All right, so I was just saying that uh, football outsiders went and statistically looked back at the last 30 years of the best NFL defenses and the top three. At number three was the 2000 Ravens, Ray Lewis, Peter Boulware, Jamie Sharper, McAllister, Woodson. Two was the 2002 Tampa Bay Bucks, Simeon Rice, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, John Lynch. And the number one defense was the 91 Eagles, Reggie White, Jerome Brown, Clyde Simpson, Seth Joyner, Eric Allen. I know you've been on some unbelievable defenses with the Ravens and early on with the Jets. Those three, yours, is that accurate? Would you say they're the top defenses of all time? I would, I would say that's pretty accurate. But you know, I would put. Um, I forget the year that the Saints had four linebackers with four. Um, yeah, I think it was Pat Swilling, Pat Swilling, right? Jack, had, had four guys with uh, ten or more sacks, um, and. It, to mention, I think uh, Chris will really, really be familiar with this defense. Was that 2006 Baltimore Ravens team that had 61 sacks? That was number one in every uh, category. Sure. Go you fuck know, yourself, which Bart. Was, which, fuck yourself. For that which, was, which was padded pretty good by you know opening up with the Tampa Bay guys rolling in the right direction pretty early. <laughs> Did he get you? They all got me. They whooped our ass. 2006. Let me just tell this story real quick. First of all, they were awesome, right? They got Steve. This is the year they got. Uh, Steve McNair. McNair, right. They got Steve McNair, right. right? So it's like, oh, shit, fucking A. I thought we were going to have Kyle Bowler. Thomas was and I was like, too? Uh, Adelius. Yeah, Adelius Thomas, yes. Lolinata, Kelly yes. Gray. Yeah, I mean, Rose, Ed Reed, Landry. McAllister. Uh, Samari Roll. Right. Right. Uh, Trevor Price. They were stacked. Yes. And we, we the whole offseason, it's the Ravens. You don't want to start with them, right? Because it's that defense and dealing with all the complexities of it, whatever it may be. But we're getting going, and um, we've we've practiced all offseason having going three and four receivers, spreading Baltimore out because they were bigger and more physical than us, yeah. and we were going to make it that kind of game. Well, five days before the game, we cut two receivers, <laughs> and we change our game plan and decide to go, we're going to get – a lot of two and three tight end sets against Baltimore. We're like one of the smallest teams in football against Baltimore, who's like literally the biggest team in football. Nonetheless, we wear all white at home because we're like, ah, oh, we'll make them wear dark colors coming down to Tampa. And they, they're in their all black. They're in their all black. They basically <laughs> go like, fuck your heat. We're going to go all black. And they came out and, yeah, they whooped our ass. Bart, Ardalis, I threw three picks. One got returned to the house by Bart, McAllister. Did, when you wore the all blacks, did it feel like a superpower? No, no. I, actually, we, we wore the purple and white. It didn't matter to us, man. Listen, <laughs> what happens is going going down to Miami really affects you when you go late in the season where it's cold right. where you're at, and you go there, and it's just, the, the, the difference in degrees is a lot harder. But you know, we were coming off a training camp, which is pretty hot anyway. Right. You know, it was for us. It was the first time that we ever had a quarterback that wasn't going to throw four picks. You know, we had had Kyle Bowler, and he was you know used to throwing. We we were we were used to having. You know, we lost two games by three points. In which he threw eight. He had eight turnovers. Himself. When was the first right. time you realized Kyle Bowler was not going to be a good quarterback? When he started listening to the noise, um, and that was in practice. You know, he couldn't handle us. You know, trash talking because practice was like a game for us. So it was a lot of trash talking. You know, he looked the part. He could throw the ball seventy yards from a knee. You know, but he got rattled. And you know, I think I've never you know seen Jo uh, Jonathan Ogden upset before. 
you know, Jonathan Ogden probably was pass protecting a guy for about seven seconds. And Kyle Bowler ran into the back of J.O.'s foot, tripped and <laughs> fell. And the guy touched him, and that counted as a sack. J.O. hadn't given up a sack in oh. like five years. And he just looked like, you got to be kidding me. And, you know, it was like one of those things. He just – he looked apart. He just – he didn't have any poise. Was that the you, best team you were ever on? That was the team you guys lost in the divisional round to the Colts, right, in that ugly, rainy game up in Baltimore? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah that's, that's the game where we had Peyton Manning to 142 total yards. Right. And when he won the Super Bowl, they didn't even put that game on a highlight video. They didn't even want to show it. Yeah, it was ugly. I remember watching it. Do you think that was the best team and defense you were ever on? Absolutely. I think that was the best team we were ever on. I, I think, to me, that's one of the best defenses in NFL history. Mm. I mean, you're talking about – you're talking about um, – that's when Rex introduced the Aniba defense and right. everybody was standing up, walking around. No doubt. You know, so, just inside, you know, people talk about the 2000 defense with Sam Adams and uh, Saragusa, but Haloti Nada and Kelly Gregg was a close second. Sure. You know what I mean? As far as the best, you know, front – and he put Trevor Price – who that year had 13 and a half sacks from D tackle spot. You put a Darius Thomas, who was a Swiss Army knife, who we used to put him outside at corner to jam like Chad Johnson. And then he just pretty much played, you know, set the edge from the, from the corner position. And then you had Terrell Suggs, who was on the other end. And then when you want to get real mad, you want to go big boy with us, you bring in Chad Johnson and let him just go bang his head against the wall because he didn't care. You know, so that year we blitzed a lot. Where you know, it kind of all came together. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, Steve just had a bad game, and you know, t- you know the Colts were playing that covered that Tampa, Tampa too. two. Yeah. And all week we had said, listen, that's when Cato June had like five or six interceptions. We told him all year, listen, man, if you don't occupy that backside curl window, he's going to come by and, and steal it. Yeah. And you know, the first drive we take it all the way down. And here comes that play, and they sit tie heat right over the center, and Cato from the backside intercepts on the one yard line. Yeah, Cato was a good player. That was a sixty. I'm looking up the stats just so you know right now: twelve point six points per game, two hundred and sixty four yards of total yards a game allowed. That's unreal. Seventy five yard rushing uh, a game and one hundred and eighty eight yards passing. That that is an impressive defense. Go ahead. Exactly, and look at look at you talk about sixty one sacks as well. Yeah, 60 sacks. You were second to the Chargers. They got 61. That was probably the Sean Phillips, Sean, Sean Merriman, Merriman, all that right. stuff. All right, so Jerry. Yeah, and, and, and they beat us by one, but I guarantee you we had more picks than them because Ed Reed was taking one to the house every other oh, day. He was unbelievable. So Gerald McCoy just commented on Tyron Smith, the tackle for the, the Cowboys, who I'm obsessed with. Yep. And he said, I don't even think he's a person. He might be some sort of mutant or metahuman <laughs> or demigod or something. You talked about Jonathan Ogden. Was there ever a moment where Jonathan Ogden did something that you went, I don't think this man is human? Well, first of all, Ty- Tyron Smith, great player. I like his nastiness. I, I, when I played against him, he was a little musty. You know, I, for my, you know, I wish he would have some anti-pressuring on it, on itself when, <laughs> when I went against him. So you're lying, you're I'm sure you me. smelled so good, too, yeah. I'm sure. Well, you know, I, I come out with I'm, I'm black. I keep that cocoa butter on me, baby. That's getting moisturized. <laughs> but when I, when, I didn't, when I didn't, you know, Jerry McCoy, you know, great player as well, but the tackles of today can't compare to the tackles of, of yesterday. You know, they're not even in the same ballpark mm. because the difference between Jonathan Ogden and, say, Tyron Smith is the fact that Jonathan Ogden is, is doing it at three three inches taller and 50 pounds heavier right? and still is a dancing bear. Okay, so you know, why is that, time, though? I want you to tell me why – 
those that's your reason though. I want to know why you think the tackles of yesterday are better than today. I know you said the size, but why? It's, do it's, you- the, it's the evolution. It's the evolution of the game. These guys don't really. When these guys really have to, you know, they can't really move guys off the ball because they're so used to coming out of college and really doing positional blocks that they don't know how to just say, okay, this guy I'm going to fork with. You know, they can't fork with great players, right? Like Jonathan Ogden didn't matter. He can dance and you want to do the speed rush. He's right there with you. Do you think, do you, need to do, do, do you think like it's because of the NFL speed rushers more now in the NFL where they've gone less size at the tackle? No, like, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't say that because, listen, you had Simeon Rice. You had Jason Taylor, who was like a hundred, a buck ten. Dwight Freeney. You know what I mean? You, you had Dwight Freeney. So it's not like the pass rushers are even faster, in my opinion. But I think you have evolution of the game. And I think you just had bigger guys back in the day. But I tell you what, let, let's play this game since since we have time. Yeah. Let's play this game. Pick pick out pick out your best line. That's a guys that play in the league right now, and I'll pick up mine from from yesteryear, and I'll show you exactly the difference. All right, so I'm going to say Tyron Smith at left tackle, and yeah. I guess you'll okay. say Jonathan Ogden. Okay, you, you, no, 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 no. You, you say your whole one. You can put Trent Williams, whoever you want. Yeah, I mean, and Jason P. Jason P. Yeah, those would be the between the old school and the new school. Yeah, right. Those are the three left tackles I think of right away. I mean, I think of I think Jason, of Zach Martin and Kalecio Semele at guard. At guard, right? At center. Okay. At center. Uh, man, there's a few. I mean, of course, there's the Cowboy Maybe one guy, Pounces. Frederick from the Cowboys. Well, Rodney Hudson and the Raiders is Rodney really good. Hudson. And then the other tackle, will we just put one of those other tackles? I would we put just a, probably a left tackle, like yeah, a Taylor put- Lawan at right tackle yeah. or something. All right, what do you got, Bart? Okay, you ready? I yeah. mean, I'll start off with Jonathan Ogden, or you can go. Um, you can go big Walter Jones if you want to. You know I mean, you pick you pick your poison. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're leaving out Orlando uh, Pace, so I mean, you're right. Right, yeah, Orlando Pace. Do you want? Should I go Willie Rolfe? You know, you, you take your pick. I think see, you, I would. You see go, my point. You yeah. see my point already. I'm already forty pounds after forty pounds more than you. Willie Rofe and these guys were pulling tackles. Remember, they used to do the down block with Dunn and pull off for Priest Holmes. Right now, I'm going Larry Allen in the inside. Who's going to deal with that? Yeah, I hear you. That's that's a that's a damn good one. <laughs> I'm you know it, it, you know we're not even really going right tackles. I'm going to take my left tackles and make them right. Tackles. Yeah, right. Us but too. If you, but if you want, you know, I could put Flo's at the hotel in there. Fozell Adams, right? I got you. Yeah, you know, so, so I, I hear you. I mean, this it's, is the one debate that I didn't, feels I didn't, like I didn't, the I didn't NBA go to debate. Will Shields or, or Waters yet. I think you're right. It's the NBA. This is, it's this become is a the, passing league. It's become more about speed and being right. like the NBA. It's all three no point huddle. shooting and the right. NFL offensive linemen. They've traded a little bit of the size for speed. But as Bart saying, I've seen video of Walter Jones running 15 yards down the field faster than Sean Alexander. Mm-hmm. I've seen Jonathan Ogden. There's famous stories of him going 70 yards and throwing a guy in the stands in college. So they were the freaks of all the freaks. Right. See, it was bigger freaks of nature back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, I think now you have great athletic guys, but if it came down to, okay, four for one, we running right here. I mean, who's going to stop that side if you go, if you go, you know, Waters at center, you know, Will Shields, Larry Allen at left at left guard, and then Jonathan Auden, Willie Rolfe, um, you know, Walter Jones. Nobody. It's like really nothing you can do about it. Bart, you know, we, eh. Bart we love fights and hypothetical fights here yeah. on the Sims Lefko oh, podcast. Absolutely. Let's go. So I have Let's a few go. for you. Who would win in a fight, Terrell Suggs or Ray Lewis? Uh, uh, I think T Sizzle. T Sizzle's a little bit bigger. Yeah, what's the strategy? Nice. Ray, 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 Ray's nicer than you think. Ray's strategy would be to use his wrestling background because I've seen Ray take um, Kelly Gregg down. Uh, 
I, you know, and, and you know, Kelly Gregg was a tremendous uh, Oklahoma wrestler in Oklahoma as well. Man, all state champion, and, and Ray Ray Gunn, Ray may be one of the best wrestlers in the state of Florida history. Wow, who would win in a fight, Jonathan Ogden or Haloti Nada? Um, that's tough. You know, what I mean, because Jonathan, you know, you got to think Jonathan's like four inches taller than him. Jonathan got a long reach on him. Um, you know, one of the fun ones uh, was always. Uh, well, why you you, you got to put some something some fun in there, man. You got to put something like, uh, "Who's your biggest tough guy that you can think of?" Biggest tough you know, guy? Are you talking yeah, tough guy? Mm. And, and I and I put a guy that you probably wouldn't think about, and I say, "Okay, he'll he'll, he'll probably whoop his butt." Biggest tough guy, like in football. I'm gonna right? pick James Harrison. I yeah, I mean, mine would okay. be, probably be like Fletcher Cox, really. Okay, okay, Fletcher Cox. Okay, I'll take Michael Westbrook, and he'll karate kick the hell out of Fletcher Cox. You know, just ask, just ask, just ask uh, what's what's the running back that he beat up? It, uh, it's a famous story, and it's funny because I had a teammate come in and tell that story. Oh, Brian uh, Westbrook's brother, Michael, the wide receiver? Yeah, 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 Brian. I don't know if they're Colorado, the, oh, the, the yeah. karate dude. Oh, the, he the knows one that, karate. Who's the dude he beat up? No, he fought in, he fought in UFC as well, but also – well, I mean, we don't know that. They had a big fight for Kurt. They had a big fight during halftime. And he was, when, when he was out there with Cordell Stewart, in the big uh, halftime fight, he was out there drop-kicking people and sumo and roundhouse. Was people it Stephen Davis? Yeah, yeah, Stephen Davis. So Jeez. listen, the story is the story is he beat up Stephen Davis, right? They had a big fight. Remember it was on ESPN? All yeah, right. He, he like, kind of sucker punched him in practice, didn't he? Yeah. So so right. then so then so then no 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 he was on top of him. He was not sucker box. Okay. So, right. so so the next day, Westbrook comes in and he's sitting there like yeah talking to the, talking to talking to the guys on the team. He's like you know what? Every once in a while you just gotta smack the hell out of somebody. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta beat him down. Stephen Davis. Davis is a what's his name again? Stephen Davis. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Stephen Davis is sitting like right in the locker, and with with, with glasses on because eyes are black. And when he starts telling that story, he just sunk into the locker because he didn't want to get beat up again. Now that's gangster. <laughs> Stephen you, Davis you, is you, a hell of a come to work the next day and say, yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to beat somebody. You know, you just got to beat him up. Oh you know, my God. He, of course, he said other stuff, but you know, he was famous for always kicking people up. You look up his fight. If you guys can look that up, look up his fight. When he was at the University of Colorado, you're going to see a dude go through the air with a with a, with a straight kick straight to the guy's <laughs> chest. He was kicking guys up, guys up with karate kicks. Later, fought in the UFC. That reminds me of Charlie Murphy uh, when he's when he's talking about he gave him a karate kick to the chest. Uh, yeah, man, that was awesome. All right, Hon, you're I, what I preach about you is you're one of the most real dudes that I've met. Who in the NFL, whenever you see them or you hear them, go, man, this dude is fake as shit. Ah, uh, hmm. Let that think about that, that first name that came to mind is the one that I won. I can't. I can't think. Of you. I got to really think. Like this dude's fake. Huh, that's that's a tough one, man. Because if I had one, I would definitely say it. I mean, I tell you, like yeah. Reggie Bush was really scary, you know. But he wasn't fake. Everybody knew he wasn't a tough guy. Right. He was scary. Oh yeah. Oh, I'll tell you the hot sauce story. No. no. Oh. Oh. So, so you know, we're playing. You know, this 2016, right? We, we're playing. We're playing the, uh, the the Saints, Saints, right? Right. We're playing the Saints, and the Saints got Reggie Bush. And what they do is they do this illegal pick play that you know the uh, that you know they used to do with Antonio Gates and LT. So pretty much what it is is a it's a tight end slant sit over the ball, and it's a swing route. So really acts as a legal pick play because if you if you got the running back you're going to get picked by the tight end right. you know going across right so good old Rex Ryan said you know what 
we're going to let him do that play, but we're going to do something. So we're going to put a Darius Thomas at safety, and we're going to put Ed Reed at safety. And we're not going to de- determine which one is the down safety until the back swings. That way you can't pick a, a safety that's already back 12 yards. So when he comes down, you know, whichever way he go, we're just going to come down that way, and, and, and the other safety is going to go to the post. That way he already has outside leverage. He throw the swing right, he's going to get killed. So they do the whole play with Reggie Bush. A day at times, I think, almost decapitates him, right? You know, so we're, we're, it's like so fun. We're on the sideline dancing and stuff. And I got Reggie Bush man to man. And, you know, so he gets intercepted all on the other sideline. So I'm chilling. So I'm kind of like half-jogging, fat man, old college trot. You know, and I get, I get pushed in the back. And then I, I'm trying to get up. And you know, like when you get up, you get pushed in the back. Like, man, what, what happened? Yeah, right. And, and before I can get up, I, I get pushed down again. So then at this point, I'm like, okay, let me use all my strength and pop up. So I pop up, and it's Reggie Bush. So then I start to walk towards him, and he puts his hands up in the air starts smiling. And then the referee comes, like, hey, y'all break that up, right? So I go to the sideline, and, you know, it's a, it's a famous scene of the, of the Ravens there on the sideline all linked up, kind of rocking back and forth because it's a fun game because we're kicking their butt. Is one person next to him, myself, who has the ice grill on, pissed, right? Because now I feel like I just got punked by a dude that's soft. You right? got so punked by the Heisman Hollywood. <laughs> exactly. So I go to Rex, and Rex said, hey, what's up, Bart? He thinking I want to ask for a blitz. So I said, call cover one. He said, man, what the hell wrong with you? I said, call cover one every damn time. He's like, all right, man, what the hell wrong? I'm like, all right. So so we go out there, and – um. Cover one means I have Reggie Bush, man to man. So Reggie Bush around. All this stuff, right? So he's like, Ray. So he's running. He's running from me at this point. Like, Ray, Ray, get your boy. He's crazy, man. Get your boy. So Ray comes to me like, Bart, youngster. He's calling me youngster. You know, they call me the mad backer too. That was something else. Like, youngster. I'm like, Ray, you don't want nothing. He's like, man, you're on your own, Reggie. So like, you know. So, so I get Reggie, and he, was, you know, he had that little ankle thing, and then I kind of gator rolled him, was punching him in the face. I got up, gator rolled him, threw his hand out. He knew that it was gonna get worse, so he tapped out. And 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 so then after the game, I said, you know, I put some hot sauce on his ankle. He had the NFL investigate me for trying to per- for trying to uh, purposely hurt him. So whatever, you know, they, I didn't get fined, but they they reviewed it or whatever. Right. So you know, we're out in Vegas. I'm out of Vegas at one of these Nike conventions. Some all star game, and I walk in and I see Reggie Bush, and he freaking ran. <laughs> I'm like, What the fuck? I said, But that Reggie, uh, wait, so <laughs> it was an event, and you walked in, and as soon as he saw you, he went, Oh shit, and booked it. It, it ran, and ran. I'm like, Bro, man, that was uh, three months ago. Like, man, nobody thinking about your little scary ass, man. Get the hell out of here. Man. Uh, oh, you know, those California guys, man. Great. It was funny. I never heard nobody with the voice that Ray, Ray, get your boy. He's crazy. <laughs> Bart, you are the man, dude. We appreciate. Well, I want to just one. I, I have want, another question too. I, I, I just want. I want to. I just while we're on fun questions, like who's the best defensive player in the NFL right now? Like who's just the? Is it Aaron Donald? Is it Khalil Mack? Is it Jadeveon Clowney? Who is it for first, you? First of all, first of all, Jadeveon Clowney, man. You can't even put him in the top fifteen. You're, top 20 you're, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. He would have been my no. MVP of defense last year. Man, not at Nobody's all. in the backfield Whitney, more than Jadeveon Whitney, Clowney. Whitney, Whitney Merciless is a much better pass rusher, complete player. That's wrong. Than, as Jadeveon Clowney. No. Let me tell you something. This dude, this dude 
still hasn't learned how to play without his pads down. All I know is Vince Wolford came in here and said Jadeveon Clowney's the best defensive player he's ever played with, and he's better than J.J. Yeah, Watt already. Yeah, and J.J. Watt's right on the team. First of all, that's, that's, I don't know if, if, if Wolford's cholesterol has got too high <laughs> or what. It's affecting his brain function. But get the hell out of here, man. <laughs> all right, so then who's your pick? All right, we want to hear your pick while you Miller, shit on I'm mine. I'm guessing he's going to say Von Miller. No, no, I love Aaron Donald. Okay. I love Aaron Donald before Khalil Mack. Okay. I love I love Von Miller before Khalil Mack. Okay. I do too. I'm with you. I'd probably I probably love, love I love McCoy before Khalil Mack. Khalil oh, Mack didn't come on until the end of the season and he played against some bombs and padded his stats. He didn't have a great year. He didn't get his first sack to like week eight. Bart loves sex. He does. Apparently you're love sex. No, 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 no. Listen, I, I say this all the time. Terrell Suggs. Maybe top eight all-time all-around pass rushes. The easiest thing to get in football is stats. Yes. The only thing is who are you willing to screw to get them. So if you think about Freeney, you think about the markets where, think about guys that just cared about getting to the passer and screwed their linebackers. Yeah, all screw their run fit. Long. Well, that's what yeah. that's what Suggs has always had solid sacks, but always been on one of the top run-stopping defenses in the NFL. That's right. because he sets the edge. And he doesn't get up the field trying to get a sack on a run play. That's why I thought Bart would like – Bart, that's why I thought you'd like Jadavian Clowney. I mean, he blows up the run every play. He plays the run, but he's so limited – Okay. As a pass rusher, he has a, bu- a stutter bull and a long arm. Yeah, he'll stack. never be able to turn the corner anymore because of his knee injury. It's never going to happen after oh, micro fracture. So much that Michael McCray has two knee replacements, and he just, it's about tenacity. He needs to learn. He need. I told him before. He needs to go to Chuck Smith, who works with some of the top, who works with some of the top pass rushers in the game. He was one who worked with Beasley last year and got Beasley right. And he needs to go there and humble himself and, and get more than just a stutter bull. He needs to be able. He plays with his pads way too hot. All right. So who's the best player in the NFL now? Just best player. I want to know who who's the best. Is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it Brady? Is it Aaron Donald? Who do who do number best, one? Best player. Dave Johnson. I mean, whatever. Who I'm, is, going, I'm going Julio Jones, and then I'm going Le'Veon Bell. Okay, I like that. All right, LeBron or Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. What? All right, I've had enough of you. Get the fuck LeBron, out of here. Le- LeBron is limited. Yes, he's a great all-around player, but I think right now KD does what he does better than what LeBron does. You're crazy. All right, I have one last question. I want to give you props, and then I want to air my grievances. I thought when Chris's dad got demoted to the talk show and it was going to be Boomer, Phil, and you, I came on here and I said, this is going to be the greatest. And Bill Cowher. It would have been real. This would have been the realest pregame show, and it would have been fucking incredible. And I have nothing against. So Showtime on Inside NFL. Are you doing that? uh, No, no, if you would have looked at that. Yeah, the right. Show exactly. We had, just that one show we had. It was great. It was fun. Yeah. So yeah. I, this is nothing against Nate Burleson. I think he's good on television. This is on decision making. All that. What the hell happened, man? Because I was so excited. Like I, I need to hear you. You and me, you and me both. You know, we're keeping it real goes wrong because I, I was excited to go with Shannon too. Because even though sometimes me and Shannon gets linked into the same person, right? Because we're two loud black people that love to wear clothes, right? Our opinions are totally different. Our perspective is totally different because my perspective comes from a defensive point of view. Yes. So, you know, me and Shannon used to have great segments segments on the first episode of Top. So I thought it would have been dynamic. 
but everybody can't handle two two black guys taking over the show. That would have been tough. You know what I mean? Because that's two big personalities, guys that's fighting to get their words in. And Shannon would, I believe, brought it out of me. It's funny because you you look at these shows, everyone has the old coach. Everyone is trying to have the verbose black athlete, Randy Moss, Shannon Sharp, Bart Scott. They they only have one. God forbid they have two. Bart's right. He's like, God, I can't have two. That would be too crazy. Yeah, but I mean, I I just think they ruined a good thing. I thought it could have been magical. separate you from the other shows, and you're going to get real... You're gonna get real content. Yes, you know what I mean. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if if Shaq was more like uh, Shaq was more like uh, Charles Barkley? Right. Who knows? Because you're gonna be you're gonna get some uncomfortable moments on TV, and that's what you want. You want two guys that's strong in their opinions, that's willing to fight. You know, for what they're saying. It's like, man, I don't know if you guys remember the time when Steve Smith was on NFL Today. You know, people called me like, man, was y'all about to fight? Yeah. Like, no, we ain't about to fight. First of all, you ain't never seen a, 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 a rock wilder fight a chihuahua, first of all, <laughs> if, if it ever if it went that way. <laughs> but, nah, not at all. But, you know, we both strong in our opinions, and we ain't going to back down. Damn. Man, we might have to get Bart on the, the Sims Left Go podcast if he's got free time. I mean, well, yeah, Bart, he said he would have came in today, but he's daddy daycare right now. Yes, you so. heard his, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard his kid in my, the background. I know, you can hear my kid. I know you can hear my kids in the background. You're blackish kid, right? He's blackish or is he full black? Yeah, I'm now? blackish. Okay. I'm on blackish. <laughs> Bart, you are the man. Uh, I want to hear you talk about football. So if we call you up, we'd love to Bart, have you. Bart, seriously, anytime you, if you want to get anything off of your chest, you just tell us and we'll bring you on. We're, we're we'll kind of a Bart, big deal the, around the Bart's here. Bart's got 10 minutes. Ain't no doubt. I can do that for you guys. All awesome, right. Man. You're the man, Bart. Enjoy, Be the, good, enjoy man. your summer. Right, have brother. a great day. See you, dude. You too. Oh, he's uh, the man. He is. He's hilarious. Uh, I'm glad. He, so he was shocked by it, too. With what? Not being on CBS. Of course he was. I mean, apparently everybody was shocked to see. I'm not allowed to say CBS and I Phil know. Sims in the same sentence anymore, so I'm done. The whole time oh, I'm, I just said it. Oh, shit. I'm fucked. We now have uh, producer Josh in the building. I was going to say, this is going to be just like the trashing CBS broadcasting decisions podcast at this point. No, I'm not saying no, anything more. No, that was literally just the end. How was, how was Philip on the podcast? He was good. Uh, we, you're going to have to, you actually don't have to bleep curse words anymore, but Philip dropped a few. Did he just go nuts? Uh, Sims told him what oh, to say. Fuck you, Josh. Oh, yeah. Man. Eat that shit, Josh. There he is. Way to go, Philip. That's my old buddy. <laughs> All right. So, so, wait, they don't know the story about uh, Philip in the back of the train coming back from Super Bowl 50, right. Panthers, Broncos. Josh got stuck in the same two seats with Philip. Josh was, in essence, the babysitter for Philip. And, and, and Philip just Charlotte. sat there. We were all tired. And Philip just. Just cut like just what do you call me. you big? What he was, was just, he saying? He was just whispering in my ear, going "fuck you, you little bitch." Fuck. <laughs> you. Yeah, he was Josh's bully <laughs> yeah. for Super Bowl Fifty. Good. Do you Way even remember doing that? Do you remember that? Yeah, oh, he remembers it. All, he ever since that Super Bowl has been over, he wants to go to the Super Bowl because he didn't watch Super Bowl Fifty. He was, was on he his sleep. He was on his fucking iPad the uh, whole game. Of course. But this year he's gotten into football. That's all he asked about before. So, Daddy, I want to go Super Bowl, Daddy. Daddy, I want to go Super Bowl. He said to me when he got into the office today that he was rooting for Peyton Manning in that Super Bowl. Did he's you- obsessed with Peyton and Eli right now. Really? Actually, yes. can you give the microphone to Philip really quick? Sure. Philip, why do you like the Mannings so much? Well, I feel like they're really good and they're yeah. good athletes, and they're pretty good. They're smart quarterbacks. Good point. Yeah. Do you realize though you that like you're watching Peyton's videos, right? And Peyton, like all the farewell videos and things, really hit. He's like, wow, Peyton Manning's a good person. Do you that you realize though that you're a Sims, and the Sims family and the Manning family are kind of you know they're rivals? No, we're not. No, we're not. Okay, all right, so you win. That rivalry's the the Mannings won. 
Yeah, the mayonnaise one, and you, you're just baby because you you don't like peanut mayonnaise, so you're a baby. Oh, fuck wow. yeah! Oh, <laughs> all right, so uh, eat that. There I'm gonna be go. honest, Philip. You talk to that. You talk to me like that again. I'm gonna use my hands. Good head. You beat him up. He needs it. I'm, I'm gonna knock you out. Philip cursing might be enough to take this podcast down. Like this is what I'm gonna hear about from the bosses of like you had a six year old come on and just curse up a storm. <laughs> well, I have jurisdiction over this six year old. I guess so. that's true. Yeah. All right, so do. I have a I have a, a little segment that. I'd like to keep going uh, until training camp starts, even through training camp, called Whoa, Big Off Season. Uh, you've heard all of it, uh, how these rookies, oh, he's studying the playbook. Oh, he's setting up private workouts. He's the first one in, last one out. It's the new year, and it's the bullshit, the bullshit stories year, that come right? out. Whoa, Big Off Season. So please send us your Whoa, Big Off Seasons. First one, rookies that have incredible work ethics. This week's David Webb. Quote, I got a ton of questions. I write them every day. I have Eli questions. I have Coach Sullivan questions. I have Josh Johnson questions. I have Geno Smith questions. They help me. Number one, what questions are you asking Geno Smith? What is it like to be punched in the face? How do I avoid your career? And are you afraid of the seemingly imminent Wall Street crash that's going to destroy our economy? Un- Sims, can a rookie actually work hard enough to be more effective in his rookie season? Can he ask more questions? Can he study more film? He, yes. Because I feel like I hear this with every young quarterback. They do. It's all He's about them endearing, endearing themselves to the offensive coaches. That's all it's about. And unfortunately... A lot of offensive coaches bite the bait and eat the hook. They all oh, he's here. He's been sitting in there, you know, on Snapchat for the last eight hours. But he walked in there. I don't know what he was doing. It looked like he was watching film. But too much stock into that. I, I just like Ryan Nassib. It's all I ever heard. Never heard anything about how he well he practiced. Yes, but he was amazing in the meeting rooms. Man, he really remembered the plays. Kellen Moore, Dallas Cowboys, remembers the plays. Hasn't done shit on the field, but man, he always good in the remember room. what they're praising. Second, whoa, big off season maturing. Dante Fowler, quote from defensive coordinator Todd Walsh, man, Dante's matured a lot. He's more focused on the details. He's definitely here early in the building a lot more. You just see a young, mature man because he's a really good football player. Right. I love this. Huh. Guys have a down off season. Perfect for the he's maturing oh, story. He's yeah. focusing. Then what the fuck was he doing before? Right, that's, that's exactly right. But you know what? It what has? are the details? Is he using his fork with his pinky up? No, but is he, he is he wiping his ass from front to back instead it, of back to front? It's basically got this. It's it's hit the oh shit mode for Dante yes. Fowler. I was the third pick in the draft, and I haven't done shit in two years. I know I was hurt for the first one, but yeah, that's again about endearing themselves to the coaching staff. Yes. Uh, that's the politics of the game. Unfor- oh, Dante's been here working on his handwork. Oh, Dante's been here You know when other guys aren't in the weight room. Which, hey, listen, is a great thing, no doubt about it. Uh, and all this talk is fine and dandy, yeah. but n- nobody's going to give a shit unless he's doing something a week Third four the Third one, season. whoa, big offseason. Comparisons to former players. Ah. This one by wide receivers coach Nick Sirianni about Mike Williams. Man, Mike has the capability to single-handedly change a game. He doesn't even necessarily have to go open. He just knows how to make the catch. I hope so. He's a wide receiver. He, oh, he was the seventh pick of the draft. You think of Malcolm Floyd, who would go up and get the football, and my thought is, man, you better be better than Malcolm Floyd. No shit. But that's the other thing. We love comparing guys to old guys that used to be there. Tyree Kill, right. could he be the next Jeremy Macklin? Oh, you're so right. So the three woe big off-seasons, work ethic, maturing, and comparisons to former players. Comparison to former just 
average barely receiver. above average receivers, right? For I, just, I, I just think it's funny when I see these all the time and people get super excited. Nelson Aguilar right now apparently well, looks great. With I the mean, Eagles. and Mike Williams only pra- he had the back injury, right? So it wasn't he? He missed a ton of OTAs. Yes. I mean, he missed a ton yeah, of practices. So this is him just watching film and saying this. Yeah, right. All right, another segment we like to call Off-season. Sims Sims Raw Reactions. Things that do, 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 do. I haven't talked to him about. But I have a feeling he's going to give me a good reaction. First one is this picture of Big Ben at his camp. Gosh, is that that's just so disappointing. Check the rule book, Big Ben. You're allowed to lift a weight. I mean, it's unreal. I have more defined arms than Big Ben right now. <laughs> I definitely. Listen, uh Does he work out? No, he does not. I mean, if he is, I mean, he looks if he like he tells you he is, he's lying. I'm just telling you, he's not working out. I've I've been around too many naked guys in my football career. Yeah. He's not working out. Does he does he need to start? Yes. I mean, that's probably part of the reason why he feels like his body's beat up. And he keeps talking about retirement. And talks about Maybe retirement. And here's Tom Brady, seven years older than him, and he's going strong. Why? Because Tom Brady every day kicks care of his body. I'm going to have Josh tweet out these pictures so you can see them, too, after the show. Next one, Raw All you got to do about Ben Roethlisberger, okay. look at him in his uniform. I mean, the top part of his body the last few years has gotten bigger, and the bottom part has just gotten skinnier and skinnier. That's never a good look for a full I have, a, like I have a theory that fat people have skinny legs because you're always working out when you're fat because you're always carrying that weight what do you think well then your legs would get big too though because you're carrying Maybe that fat belly tone. I got <laughs> good theory <laughs> second raw reaction this picture of amari cooper whoa he's jacked right there right that's a little too jacked actually oh, too wow. jacked yeah that's a little too much honestly that's like that's like i want my receivers he just got done doing arms yeah, for I sure. Love that. All I know is good luck jamming Amari Cooper this season. All they they've been raving about Amari Cooper. They say he's on a mission. So some of my friends. So I've you talked think this there. is too jacked? I wouldn't want my receiver like an Amari Cooper whose game's predicated on speed and quickness. I don't want him getting too big. I that has the look. Again, I've been around a lot of men in my life lifting weights. That looks like he literally just got done with a curl session for sure. That's I would only do curls right before I walked out to the photographers. Well, a lot of guys do that for sure. Yeah, why wouldn't or you? Or they do it like right before they go out to practice in general. I do it before I come into work. I just do push-ups in the elevator. So Is I there look. so yeah. I, hold on, I don't I, I, can tell. I don't like to do curls before I play basketball because then I can't shoot for yes, 45 minutes. Right. Is there anything in football where if you like can he not catch as well? I don't think he'll have that issue. No. Okay. The only the only ones that I think I have to worry about in football are throwers, you know, throwers and kickers. They, they don't want to mess with their legs or arms. All right, more Sims raw reactions. I don't know what he's going to say. LeBron's officially bald. Yes, he is. I, mean, I like think, it. You like it? Yes. Because, I mean, there was the rumors that he got the hair implants, like Brady, right? That was the rumor. Brady got hair implants? Oh, I mean, Brady's been caught up here in the New York Post walking into the hair implant office. I mean, they've oh. caught, yeah. We'll get a picture of Tom Brady after they won the Super Bowl against the Rams in 2001. He's losing his hair, and then four years later— I did not expect it to get to Tom Brady being bald. But So that's where it went. So you like bald LeBron. I like bald LeBron. Stop hanging on to these little stragglers you got up top. You're yeah. not, there's nothing there. Phillips saw it yesterday, and he goes, Dad, LeBron James is bald? I said, yeah, he must have shaved his head for the summer, and we agreed. He looked better, right, with the bald head? Yeah, he looked better. Phillip, let me hear. What do you think about LeBron? LeBron's bald head. I like it. It looks like more gooder. And yeah, it does look more gooder. More gooder all the way. Totally. Awesome. <laughs> all right, next one. Amazon buys Whole Foods. Sims, raw reaction. I got stock at Amazon, baby. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> yeah, 
that's what I got. Is that is that Man. Phillips Little College Fund? Uh, Amazon, first of all, like what, look at the price. Because I actually went in this conversation with one of my financial advisors like a month ago. Because I was like, I want to maybe just invest some money into these like tech companies. And he's like, Well, Amazon's a no brainer. He's like, It always goes up. And he's like, It's a shitload to buy. Like I think like one share in Amazon's like five thousand dollars. Like it's man. ridiculous. But man, uh, Amazon's about to take over the world. Amazon, Google, Apple, yep. Facebook. Yep, that's the big four. Bleacher so, Report. They're gonna. Hey, hey. those. By ones, the way, download the BR app. Hey, how are you? That's why. I mean, you know that. That's that's the rumor always that they're gonna be the ones airing these football. Sims games raw reaction. Uh, what is bigger news? The Uber CEO was just fired, or that you're now going to have to tip on the Uber app. Wow. Yeah, they're putting tipping. Was he Lit- fired or is he taking a leave of absence? He's gone. It happened okay. today. Why did he leave, though? Do we know? He took a leave of absence because there was a culture of sexual harassment, In- not treating their their drivers right, and video of him yelling with drivers. It's been an awful month for like the last two months. Oh, great. Um Wow, the no tip thing would be the bigger news. Well, to no, me. now now there's tipping. There was. A I tip mean, yes, before. that's what I mean. The tip was always included. You didn't have I didn't. To. I don't like that. I like taking Uber because I never was offered tip, and yeah, I never so I'm was saying, filled with guilt. I don't like guilt. it either. I hear you. Well, they were getting a tip, right? That just was included in the charge. It was. They were getting now paid. Now you have to actually, yes, separate your actual tip. I'm just going to treat it like the Starbucks app. In the Starbucks app, you get a push notification like five minutes after you order, yeah. and it's like, would you like to tip? But I'm not in the store hey. anymore. They're not going to see me. Uber's got to. I can't stand Uber. I, I like That's it. That's why I wanted to bring that Don't up. Don't get fucking. Uber's got to get the fuck out of New York City. I All can't right. say. They've Last ruined one. the city. They've ruined Manhattan. Last Uber one. has. Are you more looking forward to the McGregor-Floyd Mayweather fight or the new Jay-Z album? Well, I mean, I'm They're always, both going to be disappointing. There's other fights I'm more excited about. I'm more They're excited both, about- all, Both of them are all past their prime. Canelo, like all, Alvarez, Golani, oh. Golovkin is the fight. I mean, Conor McGregor, there's no fucking chance. Are they kidding me? That is going to be the biggest scam. Did you know that like 95% scam? of bets thus far have been on McGregor? Man, that's crazy. I you want to talk about Amazon being a good buy? If I might make money on Floyd Mayweather, I'll I'll put all my I'll put all of. We got to bet like ten thousand dollars to get a hundred to bet yeah, on Floyd Mayweather. It's, it's something true. like that. I mean, it's ridiculous. I, I just don't understand. We're talking about the greatest boxer of all time against a guy who's not even boxing. I really wish they could do anything. Like I, I mean, wish that, that like McGregor fun. could reach for his leg and then Mayweather came and could hit him over the top. It would have been nice. It would have been nice. But the boxing's bullshit. Well, listen, I'm always a little flawed with Jay-Z. I mean, I was in like year two of my NFL career when Black Album came out, which is going to be the last album because he was retiring from rap. It was incredible. And here we, it was the best album he ever put out in I, my I eyes. remember listening to that album on the bus going to basketball games and being like, I've never heard sounds like this before. Jay-Z's still the man, though. I can't hate on him. We're going to get to something about New York rap when we get to the iTunes comments. Let me get to a new, new segment called, Uh-Oh, Lefko's Thinking, which Uh-oh. is when Lefko sees things and then starts thinking things. For First one, running backs are people too. Uh, I looked at the highest paid uh, running backs in the NFL, yeah. and currently fifth is Leonard Fournette. The fifth highest paid running back is a guy that's never played. Leonard Fournette, the only guys ahead of him, Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn McCoy, Jonathan Stewart got paid that much, and Doug Martin. But I just think that's I mean, crazy. Le'Veon's a franchise tag, so that's not even real. It's not even real. Yeah. Uh, when does David Johnson get paid? Nothing. He's like a, what was he, I'm a saying, third when does he get oh, paid? Is he, he's got oh, three more years, okay. two more years. Bullshit. That's where it's, it's got to change. the average lifespan of an NFL I running back three is two years. and a half years. I wish, when I wrote my article a few weeks ago about how guys like shouldn't play, like Le'Veon yeah. Bell shouldn't play unless he gets a long-term deal, I read some of the comments underneath, and the, the actual hatred 
towards players, NFL players getting money. It's unbelievable. Is really scary. The NBA, we 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 talk about how it's upsetting that Gordon Hayward and Paul George can't get the max right. for 140. Right. But in the NFL, it's shut up and get. People there. were really. They, there was people that said, "I'm really concerned with the tone of this article." Because the tone, right? I mean, that's insane. So people got to realize it's inventory. This is all this is, okay? So the price for a awesome wide receiver in the NFL, just like the price of unleaded gasoline or premium gasoline, players are inventory, and the going inventory rate for the best receiver in football is ten million dollars a year. Yep. So Odell Beckham Jr. should not cost one point eight million. He should not play. You got to look at it more as inventory rather than players. That's the point of it, but it's scary. I'd almost like to make a segment of people who comment on my articles, and I'd like to call them out because I almost commented I on my Facebook it. page. Yeah. I almost co- I almost logged into Should my. Should we Facebook do that on page. the podcast? Uh, didn't we do that one time last year? Didn't I comment for well, you? Well, the problem was we. Maybe no, we, I stopped. We, I didn't you. know my password, so that was my first problem to get on my <laughs> Facebook page. Yeah, I but, don't think it's good for you. I remember reading comments to you, and you it, you get angry. I just would Can't like do to. It. I don't want to do the personal ones. They're I want to do the ones that are wrong gotcha. about. Like their take. Second thing, uh oh, Lefko's thinking. Will there be an athlete westward expansion? And what I mean by this is, are athletes going to start moving west for after their career? LeBron reportedly wants to go to LA because of all the business ventures and the possibility of owning part of the LA Clippers. That's a rumor right now. Curry and Iguodala just announced that they're launching the Players Technology Summit, where they're trying to intersect sports with venture capitalism. And all of the Warriors have some form of investment with Silicon Valley. Yeah, well, it's right across Could the water. Could more NFL players go to the two LA? Teams teams or Seattle for post-career success. I just don't hear a lot of stories of NFL. I hear a lot of NFL players interning at yeah. places, but I don't hear them. Like, well, Curry, why? Curry has why? investments in Pinterest and stuff like that. Why? My first thought would be yeah. they're not as famous. They're not as well-known. They're not as much money, period. And they don't have as much money. Period. You're right. Curry has that, oh, shit money, and he didn't even get a big contract. Right, and he's getting the Under Armour money. All Gordon Hayward's about to get paid $120 million Iguodala is probably making, what, four times more than Cam Chancellor. I mean, that's, right. that's it's so yes, it's it's uh, so they don't have as much liquid to throw around. Definitely not. It's no. just unbelievable that NBA players are not going to have concussion syndromes later in their life, and they're going to have more better money. finances. Like Nick Young yeah. is paid well more than like a lot of people in the no, NFL. Yeah, it's disgusting. Like a running back we just talked about, or whoever yeah. it is. It's ridiculous. Yes, it's. Uh, uh, I don't know if you'll see the NFL go that way. Like I look at the Bennett brothers, few, and I see they're doing a lot of extracurricular stuff. They are. They're a rare breed. You might see some of the few top notch guys go do brands. that, right? But. I mean, listen, for athletes, I think you're always going to see California and Florida dominate after we need We need more LeVar Balls in the NFL. Sure. We, like, LeVar Ball will hold out. No we doubt. Need, we need someone in the NFL. We need we need a crazy helicopter dad in the Man, NFL. I just really hope Odell doesn't play. That's all I could say. My last Don't one, play. My last one. uh-oh, Lefko's thinking is, your friend's bullshit. Uh, Kyle Shanahan says his parents tried to get him to not coach. Quote, my parents always raised me telling me, Don't be a coach. Don't be a coach. And it's the same thing I'm going to tell my son. Right. I smell bullshit. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if they told him not to coach. Uh, listen, as long as I knew him, he was going to coach. So... But uh, but him saying to his son, "Don't coach." I, listen, I, I think it's he, like don't eat the chocolate. Don't eat the probably, chocolate. He's gonna eat he the probably he probably did say that too. I wouldn't be shocked with that. I mean, it's just coaching can be a tough profession, as you know. I mean, yeah, it's you, crazy. You move around. You got to deal with a lot of crap. I mean, best offensive coordinator in football last year, and it ended on you're an idiot for mismanaging the fucking clock. 
in, yeah. And he wasn't even the head coach. But and the defense, reason, the defense loved 35 points right. in so, two and a half quarters. Right. Uh, all right. I want to do a thing called uh, Thanks Reddit because I love Reddit. Man, um, you really went after it today. I did. I he did. did. I knew Philip was going to be here and I wanted to impress him. Yep. Philip, am I impressing you? Good. Uh, thanks, Red Up. Red, well, they had a stream on there about nicknames, and we love nicknames. We do. New York Sack Exchange, Legion of Boom, Greatest Show on Turf, Denver had the No Fly Zone. What was the one we were trying to get started last year? Was it with. Oh, we did the Cold Front with Buffalo. The cold Front with Buffalo, and then yeah. they ended up not being good at all. That no. was two years ago. So they, they all these people commented. Um, John P93 is my favorite. I'm going to save that for the end. Jaguar Gator 9, the Jags D line, Saxonville. It's not bad. Okay. Spirit Crusher 77, the Bears D-line, HGH, because it's Howard Goldman and Hicks. Uh, Bracos. Sounds like a Jewish law firm. Yeah, exactly. Bracos, Texans defense, Bulls on Parade, which is the uh, song. Or Running of the Bulls, something like that. But I get that. That's a good one. That could be. Uh, Spitfire Designs, Patriots tight ends called the Boston Tea Party, T-E, <laughs> right. which I love for now Gronk and Dwayne Allen. Yeah. That's so money. The Browns secondary locked down on the lake. They were trying to get going, but they ain't locking shit down. Yeah, and my it. favorite one, John P93, the Raiders O-line, car insurance. <laughs> I like that, that one, one a lot. I want, I'm going with that. That is a good one. You so, should. So, we're adopting that. Yeah, John P93, I read it. You nailed it. That is awesome. Um, I want to give some. Let's get to the iTunes reviews and shout outs. You, you guys pull do up. Twitter questions? Of course not. That's your job. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll get to that after this. I uh, want to give a shout out to NW Jersey Tom Afro 508 Whoa. Uh, for the uh, awesome reviews. Danny Younger, Niner Nation. Uh, he said that we make him sound smarter. He he apparently has not heard you talk about the tattoo you share with Kyle Shanahan yep. and the two other guys. Right. And he wants to know if it's real and don't hide behind it. You don't hide behind it. No. I, you just have a tattoo with three other dudes' initials on it. I do. It's four Bo other Skate, dudes. Uh, Kyle but, Shanahan. Yep. Rod Babers and Montrell Flowers, right? Yes. It's a big W, uh, a big block When you w. guys get drunk or do other things together, do you like lift up your pant leg and be like, yeah, tattoo grows? Uh, no. We, we <laughs> do you a, rub your ankles We together? had a handshake and a hand sign, right? So this would be like, if I walked in, I'd be like, yo, what's up? Wood, baby. That's middle finger together. Wood. So you put your two middle fingers together and right. make two Ws. And then when we, oh we had great. Our, hand, you guys are our awesome. handshake would just be like normal, but Norm- then we, we went to the W. We would go like that. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. The Wood, inspired by the movie with Omar Epps, I think. It was. It was. It wasn't that we. I've still never seen the movie. Um, what? Yeah. I don't you give, got a tattoo of a movie initial that you haven't seen? I don't give a shit about the movie. Well, then I'm gonna get. A, I sh- you should get an Ace Ventura two movie. No, uh, two because tattoo. the upperclassmen of Texas started calling us the Wood, so that's really where it t- it took its own life on, and yeah. we just we just stuck with it. All right, I got another. Don't comment. fuck with the Wood, man. We will find you in Apparently. your Chelsea apartment and whoop your ass. Tom, what? what? Tom Le or Tom Lee, uh, review and question about the Saints. Really awesome podcast. I love it. You guys are, Sims and Lefko are my favorite people to listen to uh, about the NFL's question is, where does Sean Payton rank amongst the greatest offensive mind in the history of the league? Ooh, that's a good one. History of the league, man. First of all, he's up there. He's def- you're a big Sean Payton guy. I am. I think Sean Payton's one of the greatest coaches ever in the history of football. I don't care. He's only won one Super Bowl. He's made a lot of really average teams really Look good. Look at Drew Brees' stats they, and realize that right. half of that is him. And then, you know, even their shitty defenses, they always play tough no matter what it is. That's where I respect Sean Payton. Offensive minds, history of the game. Listen, is he Bill Walsh? Is he... Has he revolutionized anything? or Like, is this system that he's running, what is that system? His system is basically like West Coast and New England. 
together. So it's a hybrid. It's a hybrid. It's it's an impressive so he inventory. Hasn't, he hasn't actually created anything new, but he's been able to take a stale offense that like the West Coast that hasn't changed right. forever yes. and adapted the other best philosophy, which is the Josh McDaniels. Yeah, Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells. That's so where he, that's from. Oh, so he because he coached under, under Bill Par- Parcells. Right, it's all that that's system. That's a pretty nasty combination. It's it an is. evolution system. It is. It's an evolution system. It's a system. Of, you're right. That's the best way to put it. It's always about it's growing system. Like New so England. That's something new. There's always something new. Off of, we've run this play five times. We're going to give you the same look, but it's going to be slightly different. And it just continues to grow and grow from that standpoint. So you put him behind the Bill Walsh's, obviously. But but not far. I mean, so he's in the top five, top. 10? He's top five wow. all time offensive minds. I mean, we're talking about his quarterbacks going to throw for record number of yards here under his command. Better or worse than John Gruden? Yeah, he's better than John Gruden. Wow. Yeah. Well, John Gruden, if you really look at it. Yeah, of course. Well, Sean's done it consistently forever. Yeah. And John Gruden, if you really look at his offensive stats, they're not very good, actually. He's never had offense. True. Like he ran because of his and defense. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, I don't think we were ever above 18 on the offense. Like, Sean Payton's number one or two every year. These next two comments are unbelievable. And Drake, he runs the ball. Drew Claiborne is coming as pigeon-toed Abdullah. Yeah. Sup, white boy supreme Sims. Yo, what up? As a high school quarterback, I completely agree with your pigeon-toed theory. My running back in high school looked drunk walking down the hallway, but you give him a football and he plowed through holes. I'm telling Love you. Love that you guys are Lions fans. Have you seen the pigeon-toedness of Amir Abdullah? Uh-huh. Do you yeah. think he'll bounce back? I do. I uh, Listen, Amir Abdul is all about just being – it's a real <laughs> thing. I mean, if you talk to like some – yeah, you can get around some athletes who would tell you. Like LaShawn McCoy, I'm looking at a picture of him right now. I guarantee he's pigeon-toed. Von Miller, I guarantee he's pigeon-toed. All right, we're talking about Amir Abdullah's pigeon But Amir Abdullah, listen, he's got phenomenal ability and skill. You just got to stay healthy. He had the fumbling issue coming out of college. That was a little bit of an issue, I believe, his rookie year. But he's the guy to me there. If he can be healthy behind that old line, oh, that is going to be a really He has really an amazing dangerous. first week of the year every year. He has, right. Hey, uh, Philip, walk over to me. I want to see you walk. Come here. He's not pigeon-toed. Nobody in my man. You're nobody. fucked. You're fucked. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, last comment is amazing. Alberto underscore v o five. Sims at Red Fez is the comment. Sims at Red Fez. What the? I don't know what that is. But go ahead. Great football and basketball takes. Can we get some baseball? Yeah. Quick Sims story. During Sims's time at Texas, the Sunday night go-to spot in Austin was Red Fez. Oh. Peace to DJ Corrupt. I would see Sims in there with other Texas ball players, but you would never see Sims do anything but hold up the wall and talk to chicks that came up to him. It wasn't until the DJ dropped Biggie, anything from B.I.G., that Sims would start bopping to the beat. That always stuck with me, and when I moved to New York and started producing parties in the New York City bars and clubs, whenever I hit a dead spot during the night, I would program three Golden Era Bad Boy songs, and it would completely revive the party. Also, Sims was 100% the only white boy Wearing Tim's in the club, <laughs> and he gave the he gave the hands emoji. That's awesome, man. Yeah, uh, that's so funny. First of all, I, I did not remember Red Fez when you originally said it. That was our Sunday night go to. The Sunday night was you that's, know that's Friday night for a football player. Well, it, it is. It's a, exactly right. It, we played Saturday, so it was our one night off. Monday was going to be easy. We could kind of go out, have some drinks, whatever else. And Red Fez was one of the few places in Austin we knew we were going to go there. Yeah, listen to some hip hop, see some full figured women. And yeah, it was great. And That's yeah, a, I probably was just a bobber in the corner. But yeah, the guys down there they used to yeah, love that I, they wore Tim's. Oh, that really? was such a big deal. The white people hated it. 
they would tell me I'm white and you shouldn't be wearing those. Just because of your shoes. That's because of my shoes. If I wore a throwback jersey, which is really popular, white Texas people all the time used to go, take that jersey off, dude. You're white. They would yell but it to me. But the Tim's was a really the big Tim's thing. The Tim's bothered Meanwhile, people along not, the not, campus 50% of, Texas. of that, that school is going to go like tend to their farm afterwards and yes. use a construction boot. I, it's, it's, but there was an issue there. Yeah. Uh, quick hits right here. David Harris signs with the Patriots. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. It's awesome. Right. Fuck you, Jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I don't know what they were thinking. And it's, again, Belichick on another level. Oh, we have some injuries to linebacker. I, Dante Hightower can play outside. He collects linebackers every year. We talk right. about this all the yes, time. Yes, he does. He did this uh, last year. It's too important. It's like the slot receiver. He's not going to let his defense get ruined by one injury. They are the defensive version of running backs. They get hurt faster because they're in car wrecks all the time. Yes. Collect them, and he's a leader. And you need different varieties of them. Eric Decker to the Titans. Awesome. Huge. Killer. You're answering all the Twitter questions. And he's got to oh, be sorry. so happy, Decker, because he has a house down there. His wife is in the whole singing thing. Country music singer. So it's a perfect fit. Decker's a great dude. He's going to be a perfect fit for that team. Did you see the video of your boy Warren Sapp? I have not seen the video. He just talked about how he's going to donate his brain. I, I read and all it. That stuff. I read it. I didn't First watch thoughts? the video. I, I thought about ha- calling him to see if he wanted to come on the podcast. I I did think about yeah. it. Um, well, I'm glad he's really being honest about it because Sap is Sap's a real dude. He really is. If you're around him, listen. He's a handful. Can he be a jerk to some people? I sure. My, I guess my question is, why not donate your brain? Yes, and uh, why not come out and be honest about like, damn, I'm forgetting shit. I'm 40 years old, 42 years old, and he's. Like he said, he forgot how to get to a friend's house that he's been to a thousand times. Yeah, that's a little scary. It is football. Do you have play. those moments ever? No, I mean, it's, I I don't know. I don't. I haven't haven't noticed it yet. At least, yeah, I do it whenever I eat Oreos. You eat I Oreos, forget. yeah. I hear you. I Your hear aches you are more body. Mine not are head, more body. Right? Mine yeah. are or more like all core related to where my scar is from my losing my spleen, right, my lower back. back, and my stomach, right? All right, let's go to some Twitter. Sorry, I took some of your heat. Oh, no, yeah, I mean, you answered uh, a couple questions from people. Uh, D. Geeslin at January 14. Question for Sims. Who were the top three smartest players you've ever played with or against? Oh. We don't have to do three if you want to just give us the smartest guy you've played with and against. Okay, yeah, I mean, Derek Brooks was certainly one of the guys smartest I ever played with. Uh, I'm going to another linebacker in Zach Thomas, the old linebacker for the Miami Dolphins. He would call out plays before I was about to hand it off. I'd be like, oh, shit, here you go, running back. Yeah. He just said you were going to run there, and we're actually running there. There you go. Uh, that that would be one guy. Man, the ones I played with, I played with a lot of smart guys. Tennessee Titans, like uh, Michael Roos, the all-pro left tackle, was incredibly smart. Um Ryan, uh, not Ryan, uh, you know, Ryan Clady, the left tackle for the Broncos, just of the Jets, he would be up there. Uh, Brian Greasy would probably be another one. Brian really? Greasy would be smart in any walk of life. Like, he was almost too smart for the locker room, I thought. Those That's, are some ones that come to my head. I like Rondé like Barber. When, he'd be I like when too. people are too smart. Carl at Carl Cervantes 15. If you had to draft a non-NFL pro athlete for your NFL team, not named LeBron James, mm. who yes. would it be? So not NFL, that leaves all three sports open, but you can't get and LeBron. Other sports. Yeah. I, I know mine right away. I know it right, right away. First on. of all, baseball, we got to start watching. You got to start Trout. watching Miles Garrett uh, bat for the New York Yankees. Because if you want to know what Miles Garrett or Jadavion Clowney would look like <laughs> batting, you got to watch Aaron Judge. Oh, okay. He's 6'7", 280, and he's hitting home runs all over the fucking place. If you ever want to know what it will look like for an outside linebacker or a D lineman so to play, play baseball. baseball. So the baseball guys, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Mike Trout, Trout would were the be first up there. three names that came they to mind. They still aren't the one guy that came to my mind, though, overall. Uh, so then basketball, 
Uh, I think Draymond could do it. You're missing the easiest one in my eyes. And Usain Bolt was the other athlete that I was thinking. But of. who's who's the most athletic player in the NBA right now? Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Exactly right. Yeah. So I'm going, he's playing what wide receiver. I'm going Russell Westbrook at wide receiver. No doubt about he's it. He's all explosion. Yeah. I'm, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Wood. Wood Westbrook. baby. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, John CGI at John CGI. What would Adam Lefko want from Ooh. a haircut to pay four hundred dollars for it, like Sims does? Oh, Philip, what? Speak in the mic. What do you want? Yeah, what's up? Talk. Do you know that your dad plays pays a lot of money for his haircuts? Yeah. So who rooted for Canyon on the Super Bowl? Uh, that was me. We did. We all did. You well, were suck watching. Yeah, suck you, because no, no one. Because I would root for. Like Peyton Manning, because Peyton Manning's better than Canyon. Right. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> We're almost done. Just it's shut good, your it's, mouth. It's kid. a good hot take. That's hot a take. really good hot take. What would I want? I would like, uh, man, okay. I want a, my own private bartender, <laughs> and I want some fresh tequila sodas, a little bit of lime. Uh, I want my own uh, Cuban cigar roller. Ooh. Um, I'd also like a Manny and a Petty while I'm getting my hair done. That'll be worth Someone it. Someone feeding you grapes? And then feed an occasional green grape. Not right. a red grape, a green grape. And I'd like them to show me a movie that's not even in theaters yet. Uh-huh. Like, I want the new Star Wars, and it's not even out yet. Man, that's, a, that's more than $400 in New York City. I don't know. I mean, you're having. Did you have any good conversations this last time? I Always. Don't, I don't think I can share this one. But man. Yeah. So you do get good dirt. Oh, he's hilarious. I mean, he's a he's a famous male gay haircutter. And we know he does Hillary. He does Hillary, Giselle. He's done m- millions of people. I mean, Giselle, there's a picture of Giselle with her nipples sticking out <laughs> right next to me taking a haircut every time. And he always tells me dirty stories. So About them? About, no, himself usually in his sex life or anything that's crazy. See, I don't on. know if I'd want that. Yeah, it's usually funny, though. I'd he's, be like, I paid a lot of money to not hear these stories. <laughs> um... <laughs> All right, that's where we're going to end it. All right, that you sounds cool? good. I'm cool. cool. All right, Josh. Uh, uh, Philip, oh, so uh, that was a lot of fun. Hit us up on iTunes, five-star reviews. It helps us get out there. And as you see, I'll give shout-outs. We'll read the questions and comments. Uh, special shout-out to the people that did it this week, especially my man Alberto underscore VO5, because that story was fucking awesome. Fez. Uh, 120 is next week. The Brian Dawkins episode. And I am going to try and really bring it. Uh, Philip, do you have anything you want to say before we go? Well, actually... Yeah. Well, I really like LeBron James better than Kevin Durant because okay. he's the second best basketball player. Of all time? No. Ooh. Michael Jordan is. Yeah, Michael uh, Jordan's Michael one. Jordan's number You're one. You're saying LeBron's two. Yeah. All right, good. That's great. All right, say bye to everybody. Say peace. Say say peace out, homies. Peace out, homies. Awesome. Four for Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. Good night, everybody. I am Lefko, and we will holler at you for episode one twenty.